the country was just separated, and there were constant battles between the separatists and the crown. Was it folly or strategy that he chose to spend his time on a science that would take close to 100 years to truly mature? We're going to explore that. Hi, I'm Chris May, writer, producer, and host of This Day in Weather History, now in its second year from the Weather Network in Canada. On June 29, 1826, Thomas Jefferson, third president of the United States of America, made his last entry in his weather observation log just six days before he died. This day in weather history. And I thought I was a weather nerd. For the third sitting president of the United States, the weather held a curious fascination. It was Thomas Jefferson. He made regular weather observations in a journal. Did you even know this? He bought his first thermometer while working on the Declaration of Independence. No, not a snappy new pen or a bow tie. He bought a thermometer and then bought his first barometer shortly after that. Well before 1776, the date of his earliest surviving meteorological diary, he was carefully assembling information on the weather of Virginia and making his own observations at Williamsburg and Monticello. His goal? To understand the American climate. It must be understood that Jefferson was consistent and thorough. This wasn't a hobby. His consistent records of weather observations included not just the New America, but also Europe and even the Mid-Atlantic. And he accomplished this through his voyages across the sea to France. What was he trying to prove? Well, first off, he's American. He wanted to win. In Paris, he would compile a record of the ratio of cloudy to sunny skies. Then after his five-year residence in Paris, he had proved to himself (laughs) that America completely eclipsed Europe in the Sunshine Contest. That was written. You see? Contest. He had to win. His work was, in fact, intended to form the foundation of a reliable theory of weather and climate. And I say he succeeded. Monticello is today one of the 12,000 weather stations now under the National Weather Service, which has claimed Jefferson as the father of weather observers. Mission accomplished. Welcome to year two of this podcast. Right now, you're listening to the full version of today's story on your favorite podcast provider. But there's also the daily podcast video short. They're shot right here in my podcast recording studio, so you get that perspective. But oftentimes, they will include visuals from that day's event from when it happened in weather history. So after listening to the full story, go check out the podcast video short on television or online anytime at theweathernetwork.com forward slash weather history. But Thomas Jefferson went beyond the scope of the present weather station by attempting to collect data on winds and humidity. Problem was his instrumentation found its limits pretty quickly for the time that he was in. For that, you need an anemometer and a hygrometer. Actual accurate anemometers were not invented until 1850, while the hygrometer was not perfected in his lifetime. His practices and those of the National Weather Service observers today are basically the same, to measure precipitation and to record the daily temperature range. The man was way ahead of his time. But it was not until February 9, 1870, when the National Weather Service would even be established. And that is what I meant when I said he was ahead by a century. Taken right from the pages of his journals, 
is this quote. My method is to make two observations a day. The one as early as possible in the morning, the other from three to four o'clock because I have found four o'clock to be the hottest and daylight the coldest point of the 24 hours. I distinguish weather into fair or cloudy accordingly, as the sky is more or less than half covered with clouds. He takes observation data. He takes it at different points during the day. He distinguishes between partly cloudy, mix of sun and cloud. That's basically the same timing and description that we use today from model data from satellites in our 21st century. This day in weather history. Tomorrow is June 30th. Because this is year two, uh, most of us here in Canada, which is where I'm broadcasting from, love going to Mexico. Why do we love going to Mexico? Because it's hot, they have beautiful beaches, they have beautiful people, they have beautiful food, they have beautiful drinks. You love your drinks, you love the drinks in the heat, and you love to fill your drinks full of ice. But what if I told you that there was a day in weather history when the entire Guadalajara region was buried in ice. How in the world could that even happen? We'll talk about it tomorrow on this day in weather history with me, your host, Chris May.